Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Anthropologically Speaking. I'm Katie. I'm Iz. And I'm Isabel. And today we're bringing you another at-home edition of our show. So again, apologies if there are any funky noises or if our noise or volume quality isn't that great. Um, We're doing the best we can. Um, just bring you some fun content. So today we're going to be talking about something that everybody knows and loves um, all too well Love. these days. <laughs> we're going to be chatting about the plague. Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel um, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I feel like we should talk about like the Black Plague specifically. So there was like, mm-hmm. three different... Um, plague epidemics but we're going to be focusing specifically on the medieval plague um mm-hmm. yes but also known as the black death yeah. which i feel like is super common everyone knows that um just a little background on plagues um or like the plague so the plague is caused by yersinia pestis um which is a bacteria so it's not the same thing as a virus um it's a zoonotic disease so it's actually a disease of rodents, not humans. Um, and many crowd diseases that we have today are zoonotic in origin. So like tuberculosis, COVID, we all know COVID. They are zoonotic in origin, which means they are transmitted um, from animals um, to humans. Um, so there's actually three plague epidemics. Um, there was the first one, which was the plague of Justinian, which is um, 541 to 700 AD. Um, and I believe like over 20 million people died. Um, and I think the mortality rate was like 30 to 50% um, for that one. There was also the medieval plague, um, which is the Black Death, like I said. So the most famous one um, that we all know, that one was 1347 um, to 1700. And then there's the modern plague, um, which is 1855 to... Right today. Today. Still going on. Um, Mostly in Madagascar. That's where the hotspot is today. So um, that's where the most cases are of the plague. Yeah. So throughout time, there have been three types of plague infection. Um, There's the bubonic plague, which is the one that a lot of people know about. And it's an animal to human transmission. It has an incubation period of about one to six days and about 50% mortality or death rate. Um, the pneumonic plague, uh, which is human-to-human transmission uh, through respiratory droplets, it's a 90 to 95% mortality rate. And then there's the septicemic plague, which is a secondary pneumonic form, and it has a 100% mortality rate. <laughs> so very grim. Um, but some of the transmission types to humans, uh, there are flea bites, um, and fleas can carry uh, bubonic or septicemic uh, plague. Um, There's also contact with contaminated fluids or tissues, which can result in the bubonic or septicemic plague, and then infectious respiratory droplets, which is how a lot of us think about infections being transmitted, um, which brings on the pneumonic plague. So bubonic plague is perhaps the most well-known, and it was likely the type responsible for the Black Death. Yay. (laughs) So, <laughs> the gruesome symptoms that people experienced during the Black Death included boils or the death spot, which were are kind of exactly what you'd guess. They're just boils on the skin. 
Um, I'm pretty sure they were pus filled, not to get too gross and stuff. And <laughs> don't you love it? And then uh, people often spat up blood and had a horrible stench. That's literally all I wrote, horrible stench. I don't know if that's just <laughs> them, like <laughs> um, a high fever. An aura of stench. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, gross. Um, an extreme thirst. Um, some people experienced hysteria. And some people survived, but some died after five to seven days and others within 24 hours. So pretty sure it was the black peg that killed about 50% of the population of Europe within yeah, 30 to 50%. It, yeah, it's time it ravaged through there. So it was not good news. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. No, that's the kind of thing that you think of, like, everybody probably knew at least someone that died of the plague, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> so, so next we're going to talk about um, some stigma surrounding plague. Um, And that concept kind of comes from this idea that, um, like, a plague always comes from somewhere else. Um, So not from where you're from or just this idea of putting blame um, on where the the plague came from, who who caused it, that kind of thing. Um, Which is, we can talk about not only the plague, that's relevant for, like, many other things. Um, So SARS was the same thing. I don't know if you guys remember SARS, there was always like the idea that there was a patient zero. So it was like the person who brought SARS to Canada. Mm-hmm. Was that? So it was like placing blame on that first person. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then with COVID, um, we can look at kind of like Trump right now. <laughs> um, so he's, there's a lot of stigma surrounding COVID. He's placing a lot of blame on um, China, like even in the news calling it um the china virus um or kung flu mm. so <laughs> so awful yeah, yeah. well i know like, um, and i think then- sars also supposedly originated in china so it got a lot mm-hmm. of there was a lot of problematic stuff going on surrounding that mm-hmm. in the time that it was starting to become an issue in canada so i think there was the same stigma surrounding Chinese people, whether they were living in Canada or living in China. So mm-hmm. it's not a new yeah, thing. People definitely use um, viruses as a conduit for allowing their own racism to, you know, they see, I guess, you know, it's kind of, oh, it's okay for me to be racist now because it's like, I can blame them for this. So it's, oh, uh, yeah. 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 And I, I think mean, that. Um, hate crimes towards um, Chinese people in um, the U.S. increased like drastically um, yeah. this year. So, <sighs> yeah, and they've done some things to kind of like combat um, like this kind of stigma towards disease. Like in 2015, the World Health Organization um, mandated that diseases shouldn't be named after places uh, so as to prevent stigma. So, for mm-hmm. example, Ebola is actually named after a river uh, oh. that's near a village where it originated. Oh. Um, and there's MERS, which is Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. And Ebola is a bit more of, I guess, an obscure name that not everybody directly ties back. But when you have something like Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Yeah that's really an opportunity for people to use their racist ideas and justify them or mm, absolutely. justify them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's just so much 
important things to talk about when it comes to stigma and plagues and even like the virus today like that's such a big huge topic that we could probably dedicate an entire episode to but oh 100 percent yeah such a large aspect of it because it includes like marginalizing people and like the inequality of treatment and a whole whack load of things that just oh yeah 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 Um, yeah there's a lot we can get into even with um colonialism and disease like that's a whole thing too that mm-hmm. colonialism was made so much easier by um people bringing and i'm going to use some really antiquated terms here just for just for to get the idea across but um you know the idea of bringing like the old world diseases to the mm-hmm. new world um, yeah. and then because you're bringing a disease that hasn't people haven't gotten immunity for uh, in any way it's new their bodies aren't going to react to it the same way as people um, from colonizing countries uh, would react to it because they've already had time to develop some immunity to have their body around it they've grown up near it so that's another thing too that we can get into in a whole nother episode but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely for sure yeah so does anyone else have anything to say about stigma or should I move on? Yeah, go for the, yeah. go for your next topic. All right. So we're going to talk about something called the sylvatic cycle, which is kind of a concept that encompasses how the black plague was spread to humans. So it means, so basically the plague was endemic in a rodent population that lived um, far away from the human population, which just means it existed in the rat population without killing the rats or without leaving the population they just kind of lived with it for like hundreds of years and then a certain change in the environment can lead to the plague moving outside of the rodent colony um say climate change or um development like something like that so in this case um i can't remember exactly what the environmental change was but somehow um rural rodent colonies came in contact with urban and the fleas that exist on them jumped. And then the fleas made it to the human population and um, so started to spread plague that way. And then eventually the plague was able to be transmitted from human to human, both via these fleas as well as droplets when the disease can become um, pneumonic as it progresses. So, it's not just the bacteria that allows such a disease to fester and progress. Um, syndemic effects need to be in place. So all these different contexts that um, allow such a thing to just spread so rapidly. So such as in this context, it'd be poor hygiene, crowded areas, lack of understanding of how it's spread and how to treat it. So it's not just the bacteria that creates a disease experience, it's the context, which could be social, environmental, um, political. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's really important to just not look at the disease itself as a bacteria, but as an experience and as how all these contexts created a perfect breeding ground for yeah. the Black Plague, basically. And I'm thinking like plague the experience (laughs) (laughs) not just bacteria the experience (laughs) yeah when you think about about the black death like when you think about um the medieval times like 
typically you think like poor hygiene like there wasn't for the most part like people were throwing their feces in the water like it was there was a lack of hygiene there's also um, oh yeah there's no nothing like plumbing yeah nothing like Um, that and a lot of that comes down to understanding too right because Mm -hmm. um if you don't think what you're doing is causing a problem, then, I mean, you probably are going to keep doing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And the people are obviously living in close quarters with rats to allow the transmission oh, yeah. of the fleas. Between, mm-hmm, I feel like it's really important that I should clarify that it's not the actual rats that transmit the disease. It's the flea the- on the rodents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. important. That's kind of a misunderstanding mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I think yeah. it's interesting, too, when looking at syndemic effects because it shows um like you said the context so socially environmentally politically like um I think it's funny and even with COVID people are sometimes bringing it up how like oh like I I know a lot of celebrities have kind of come out and been like it's crazy this this just like this affects us all the same like we're all going through the same thing and it's like we're not though because because of like social and political um positions like people who are living in like poverty yeah um people who are living you know in in a house with 15 other people who are like forced to go um like work and stuff like that are obviously at much higher risk yeah Yeah. and it would have been the same with the you know with the black death um people living in like crowded areas yeah i just feel like even regionally we experience disease and virus so differently like for example Mm -hmm. my parents live in winnipeg and in manitoba there's very few cases of covid so they're Mm -hmm. basically like going on business as usual and like life is pretty normal versus down here Mm -hmm. where you see everybody wearing masks and it's still very like people very reserved still so even in canada from 2500 kilometers away there's so many differences and like so it's just so hard to be like everyone's experiencing the same way because all these factors lead to how you're exactly you're experiencing uh, mm-hmm. an infection. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So during the Black Plague, um, one thing that I feel like a lot of people will kind of recognize the idea of is the plague doctor. So they kind of look like a, um, I guess like a, like a, I want to say like a goose or a duck. <laughs> so, so they're like, they, it's like a beaked, they wear like a beaked mask. And, you know, they often have like the top hat, like in, stereotypically. We should post it on, our, on our Instagram and Twitter later today, Katie. Yes. <laughs> yes. We yes. will put some pictures of a plague doctor up. Um, and you can see for yourself what they look like. <laughs> I think they look very much like a flightless. No, wait, geese aren't flightless. <laughs> I think they look very much like birds. Anyhow, the plague doctors actually instilled fear during the Black Death. So their long masks were filled with herbs, uh, which confirmed their belief in the miasma theory. Um, and miasma theory is the idea that there's like bad air. So today we have like more modern germ theory. Uh, and different uh, Western biomedical paradigms. But back then it was like, the air is bad. Um, That is what's causing things. And miasma theory was a really widespread idea. Um, So yeah, by filling their long beak with herbs, um, that was like an air purification type thing. 
um, the mortality rate for plague doctors was actually much higher than like the average population. And their garb, which was very like haunting, <laughs> reflected the idea of contagion. Um, they were covered head to toe. And of course they have that giant mask. So it's very like an isolating type uniform that they have on. It'd be truly terrifying so seeing one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, somebody like that. Like, okay, this, I read this in the news. I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was in England at the beginning of COVID when it was becoming like a big problem. This person just like walked around their neighborhood in a plague doctor mask. (laughs) And like the whole, the whole, the whole ensemble. Oh my gosh. That would be terrifying. (laughs) It's like death personified coming to get you. (laughs) Like as if people weren't scared enough. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we are also going to talk about there's a controversy of whether or not the Black Death was actually caused by the bubonic plague, and also known as Yersinia, Yersinia pestis. So, like, commonly it is associated, but there are some discrepancies regarding whether or not it was the same bacteria as we see today. Um, so I just have some like random facts to throw at you guys. So the symptoms are slightly different. Um, in the modern plague examples, there's only a single um, bubo. <laughs> That's a weird word. Such a funny <laughs> word. <laughs> hesitating there. But in um, records of the Black Plague in medieval England or medieval Europe, there were multiple buboes. Uh, stop laughing um i don't know it's just a funny that's like do okay this is not related but do you guys remember like when we were younger the boobas no no i don't remember that you don't okay they're like round and they um they're like prickly round bouncy ball guys the boobas (laughs) I'm okay, thinking go of on. An animated character here. I was like, is this a character from a movie? Like, what? They, they had their own TV show. Okay, then maybe I think I do know then. Okay, okay. Anyhow, <laughs> that's what it's reminding me of. So <laughs> continue. Okay. Back to the Black Death. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Black Death. Little anecdote there. <laughs> so, also in the modern plague, there's examples of apathy, stupor, and depression. Um, and I don't think there are any records of this in the um, ancient black plague but i mean i don't know how well that would be recorded anyhow um but they're also black pustules these are disgusting um (laughs) on record from the uh original black plague so then there's also a big discussion. The OG plague. Yes, I know. Like, how do I refer to this? (laughs) (laughs) The plague that started all plagues i don't know um (laughs) So there's also large discrepancies in the transmission trends between what we know is the bubonic plague and the Black Death. So today, um, transmission rates between in oh my god, I can't talk. Transmission rates of the bubonic plague between people is slow, very rarely person to person, and there's no sex or age discrimination um, recorded. But an OG plague, as we will hereby refer to it, Heck yeah. <laughs> the transmission rate was extremely quick. It was often person to person. 
some countries and towns seemed to be missed, which was really suspicious because the transmission should just be um, non-discriminatory of towns. And then there were a lot of outbreaks that affected children, which is really interesting. Also, they are not finding many rats in the archaeological record of that time. That's so interesting. But you know what they say in anthropology? Hmm. was absence of Evidence is not evidence, evidence of absence. Evidence is not evidence of absence. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you're up to you, you can decide whether the bubonic plague really was no wait, the Black Death really was caused by the bubonic plague or not. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it probably was. So we yeah. <laughs> when we think of the plague, I mean I personally have always thought of it as something that you know, it's not a today thing. Like, it's a past thing. It's a mm-hmm. medieval problem. Hashtag medieval problem. Um, <laughs> it's something I learned about in grade four. Thought that would really suck. And then never thought about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plague is still out there. Um, and it's still spread through fleas, rodents, and respiratory droplets. So um, we'll start with a Canadian perspective. Um, because we are Canadian. Um, (laughs) We had a case in 1939, but there have been no known human cases since then. Um, It's a reportable disease. It's monitored by public health. um, And yeah, we're doing pretty well plague-wise in Canada. Now, for the U.S., um, the plague was introduced in the United States in about 1900. Um, 80% of cases in the U.S. uh, over time have been bubonic, And they actually get an average of seven cases per year in the States, ranging from about seven to 17. Um, And I mean, that's not a lot considering 300 and somewhat million population, but it's more than zero, which is what a lot of people I think would expect. So between 1900 and 2012, the United States has had 1,006 confirmed cases. Um, The plague usually shows up in New Mexico, Arizona, and Colorado. Um, So shout out to those states. Don't get the plague, please. Um, And worldwide, there are about between 1,000 and 2,000 people that get the plague each year. It's actually likely much higher than that. Um, Between 2010 and 2015, 584 people died of the plague. So that's a really sobering um, thought. Mm -hmm. But um, treatment-wise, it's still dangerous, but it can be treated with antibiotics. So yeah. I mean, I think when we think about the plague, like even though it's like a past thing, um, in at risk of sounding too cliche and saying like history repeats itself, I think a lot of the things that we've seen in the Black Plague are really echoing themselves today in pandemics that we have today, including uh, COVID-19 or the Spanish flu or different pandemics that we've gone through. So like what do you what do you guys think? Like, do you see do you see yourself in the black play? That's a really weird way to put it. Do you it's definitely it's definitely hard to hard to see just because I think like especially because right now we're so like we're so immersed in COVID nineteen and like it's not nor I'm not saying it's normal, but it just feels like this new normal. So I think it it's hard to think of like the real gravity of it, which is like we should. Um, I also feel like and- this has given us a good way to kind of understand how scary people might have been, though. At the mm-hmm. same time, like oh, definitely. 
none of us have experienced anything like at our age. Um, like we haven't experienced anything like this before. So it's yeah. like you hear about these plagues and you're like, these people were terrified of getting an illness and you're like, ha ha ha, that could never happen to us. Like, yeah, suckers. but no, like this is happening today and there's like yeah. a lot of fear surrounding it. And so it's just really interesting to experience like all these things. Yeah, and today, yeah, today a lot of us have the privilege of being able to know what bacteria is uh, mm-hmm. what bacteria are um what viruses are uh, mm-hmm. we know some of the the medicine behind that so it makes it in some ways a little more scary and a little less scary like I think knowing things is always there's always some fear alleviation in knowing mm-hmm. I agree with that I also think it's interesting too to think about um I think like even a lot of us just today talking about the plague and the black death Uh, We talk a lot about, like, poor hygiene and, like, rats and, um, like, this is a thing of the past. It's still going on. It's from the past. And then you think about today and, like, we're we're so – everyone's so clean. Like, but it really – like, things can happen despite all of that. So it's – 100%. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to compare the two. Like, we're in a global pandemic right now. And we have, like, the highest level, like, modern medicine is, like, you know what I mean? It's so advanced. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're, like, Definitely. We're still, like, every day we get to come home and wash our hands with soap and use hand sanitizer. And, like, the, it's still spreading. So mm-hmm. I can't even mm-hmm. imagine. And the mortality rate is relatively low for COVID, too. So imagine the absolute terror of going outside mm-hmm. and thinking that it's just in the air too. Yeah. Like if you get it, there's a 50, 50 chance you're going to die. If not higher. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. percent. Like I can't even imagine to be like, I'm not going outside. Yeah. I know. Cause COVID, COVID is so contagious. Like the contagion rate is really high, but the, yeah. Mortality, like you said, is low, but imagine, you know, if we were around and it was something like, you know, if we were in medieval times, the three of us yeah. <laughs> walking out on the street, like, yeah. it would just be terrifying. That would be scary. And seeing people that you know and love dying from this horrible, these, yeah. you know, having these visible, horrible markers of being and sick, they, these yeah. pustules. They and- basically just, like isolated people so they weren't Mm -hmm. treated really they were just put into a house together and be like all right you y'all stay over there don't come near us like it wasn't there was no sympathy for those who were Mm -hmm. sick it's like once you were sick I think you were kind of you were on your own (laughs) yeah Yeah. so things have things have changed for sure but yeah it's terrifying to think about (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is so on that happy note, we oh. hope you enjoyed our episode about the Black Plague. <laughs> um, <laughs> we um, we have been brainstorming some new episodes, and we actually have a new Twitter account. You can find us at anthro underscore speaking, and you can vote on our new topics. You can always DM us um, on Twitter or on Instagram at anthro speaking um, or on Facebook anthropologically speaking with episode ideas. Um, and we're always, we love to hear from you. So So thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, we, that would, that would make our day if you could recommend some episode ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, um, some of these issues are heavier, 
Um, we try and make some things light sometimes, but we do recognize the gravity of a lot of these issues. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, Isabel, do you want to do our shout-out? Yes, our non-human listener shout-out of the week is, I'm very excited to say, my new puppy, Ralph. <laughs> Yay! My little golden retriever in the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> And he joined so us for this cute. episode. He was sitting right beside me the whole time. So, <laughs> our give, producer, give, give Ralph a pet for us. A little right. on the head. <laughs> yes. So, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, tune back next week for another cool episode. And stay <laughs> bony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye. <laughs>